when I was a child and didn't know the Lord, I remember cursing at my brother underneath a bush. Well, I didn't think much about it until we stood before mom the next day and he said, well, you know, Trey said, and he said the word, when I was not getting out from under a bush like he wanted me to, I was so ashamed. I wanted to be unashamed in front of my mom, but I was ashamed because of the way that I spoke. When you're not a follower of Christ, you say a lot of things you're ashamed of, but one thing we never need to be ashamed of, it's Jesus. My name is Trey Rosen. I'm the Connections Pastor here at Northwood Baptist Church, and it's great to have you along on our audio study guide for our Life Connection Groups. And this is our pastor's sermon series. What you do is you go back and listen to the sermon the week before, and you can use YouTube to do that, and then come back and listen to exactly what uh, you need to do to maybe teach a small group or teach your own small group or teach your family or whatever. This is a way you can do that. And by the way, if you want the materials to go along with this, you can contact me. I'll put you on a list, and you'll get it every single week uh, with the materials and a link to the podcast so you won't even have to uh, find out when to re- listen or how to listen, you can just click the link and go straight to the podcast. So we welcome you to come and join us and be a part of that. I do want to say that we have a Facebook page that you also can join. And when you join, it lets you know when new things are posted. So that's the importance of joining the Facebook page. And it's called Audio Study Guide and Life Connection Group. And if you put those words in, Audio Study Guide and Life Connection Group, you'll find it pretty easily. And then uh, you can get connected with us and find out. We'll, we're going to put on the link to the, the audio study guide. We're also, uh, as we come up with different videos that we might want to show or uh, something like that, training or just uh, ways to work things, I think uh, we can do much, uh, much with that Facebook page. So hope you'll come and join us on the Facebook page. I do want to say this. I was at a conference this past week at a church called Summit Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, The pastor is J.D. Greer, and he is a former Southern Baptist Convention president. And it was a really good time, and we learned a lot about small groups. But they're really involving themselves in planting new small groups, and that's what they call planting. They don't say starting. They call it planting. And so we want to also, as you know, plant more and more life connection groups. And so one thing that he said that I wanted to reiterate, and I actually put this on the Facebook page. You might want to go see it. It's really cool. The more life connection groups we plant, the more seats we have for intimate relationships. So that's what God wants us to have, that intimate, ongoing relationship with other believers in Jesus Christ. And really, that's the goal of one of the big goals, I should say, of life connection groups. So I go and listen. Go look at the page and see what you think. All right. We're in Luke chapter 12. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 12. And Pastor Tommy called this sermon unashamed, unashamed. Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. The bottom line is, is Jesus wants us to be unashamed of him. Paul said in Romans 1, 16, for I am, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Um, you know, whether you're going back to school, going back to work, whatever you're doing, you stand up for Jesus in this dark world that we live in. Um, more and more, our world is opposed to Christ. And we don't need to be. We need to be unashamed of who we are as we identify in Jesus Christ. But truth be told, there are times when we are all ashamed of our faith. Uh, people start ridicule it and other things, and we don't want to speak up. 
Well, I, I think for every one of us, we can learn to grow in this. And there are three ways that we need to grow into an unashamed follower of Christ. The first one is this. Make sure you keep your heart free from hypocrisy. Now, what is hypocrisy? Well, if you want to go back and read what Jesus taught, told the Pharisees, that's in Luke 11, verses 37 to 54. But hypocrisy is simply putting on an act. It's being one way on the outside, particularly being godly on the outside, but on the inside, you're godless. That's exactly what the Pharisees were doing. The Pharisees um, knew the prophets, knew the prophets, but they missed the one the prophets pointed to, which was Jesus. And all along this path, they're going to get more and more hostile towards Jesus. So thousands of people are gathered, and Jesus turned to the disciples, and he says, don't let the Pharisees' way of life be your way of life. And the way that they do it is they, they, the temptation for all of us is to go through life, and we fake it. And he says, don't follow, don't uh, eat the yeast of the Pharisees. So what is he talking about? That's an ingredient make to make, used to make bread rise. It's used as a metaphor for sin spreading because what happens in a loaf of bread when you bake it right is that the yeast spreads throughout the whole loaf of bread and then the whole loaf of bread has yeast blowing it up and making it full. Um, now, you know, I don't think any of your Life Connection Group people or you stood around one day and say, you know, I really think I want to be a hypocrite. But along the way, what happens is because of pressure, because of friendships, because of other things, uh, we want to fake it. You know, we maybe even to keep the peace, we, we fake it. You know, we act like, uh, well, we're not that much of a Christian or, you know, that Christian thing doesn't mean a lot to us. But as much as you fake it, you really can't hide what's going inside of you. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 2, the passage that we're reading today, that the time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed. Um, what does that mean? Well, a few things here. Number one, you don't hide your sin as well as you think you do. You think you've gotten good at faking it, but, but people know. Oh, they know. Uh, there may be sins that you've hidden from people that you love. Maybe it's pride, bitterness, anger, envy, maybe even sexual sin. And you may may have hidden specific sin from the people around you that you love and maybe people in your own life connection group. But the, those people can see the effects of that secret sin. Why? Because they can tell how you treat people. They can treat, tell you because you lack the fruit of the Spirit. They can ple- tell because you don't want to tell people about Jesus. They can tell because you don't want to stand up for Jesus. They can tell. And when you're trying to fake it, while secret sin is eating you up on side, um, it's constantly get fear fearful. And you know why? Well, you can't keep up the act forever. You can only act so long. And something's going to come out. Jesus said it this way, out of the abundant Matthew chapter 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So sometimes the heart comes out and it doesn't sound so good. So first of all, you don't hide your sin as well as you think you do. Second of all, you don't have any good excuses to keep you from confessing your sins. You know, you think you do. You say things like, well, God can't forgive me. People are going to judge me. People are going to reject me on and on and on. But there is grace for us if we confess our sin, our sin and we seek reconciliation. Um, the church has never was intended by Jesus to be a place for pretenders. It's to be a place for recovering Pharisees like me, for people who know there's a better way than pretending. Number two, so the, fir- the first way that uh, we grow into an unashamed follower of Jesus is to make sure you keep your heart free from hypocrisy. The second way that we grow is that make sure that you fear God more than you fear people. 
So why do we live such hypocritical lives? Why why are we so slow to confess our failures and then our need and our need for God's grace? Simple. We fear people more than we fear God. So Jesus then, when when we find that out, he takes that to the worst case scenario. People might kill you, but people do not have the final word over your life. The person who takes your life doesn't have that final word. It is God who has the final word over your life. He is the one that has the authority to throw you in hell, not those people. So how do you know if you fear people more than you fear God? Well, if you think constantly about more about what people think about you instead of thinking about what God thinks about you, then you fear people more than God. Why do you think you do that? Well, Pastor Tommy puts four reasons, and I think at least four reasons. Uh, first, we don't want people to know who we really are. We're scared of this person that we really are. Number two, we don't want people to think negatively about us. You know, that's, that's bad when, when, when all of a sudden they start thinking, wow, that Trey, I don't know about him. Or number three, we don't want people to talk negatively about us. You know, get behind our back and talk to their friends about us and those kind of things. That would just be awful. And then number four, we don't want people to bring us to ruin, you know, because people's words can do that. And if they know something about you that no one else knows, they can destroy families. They can destroy relationships. Uh, they can destroy our work. They can destroy our, our, you know, all kinds of things. And we run fear because we're scared of people. You know, we care far too much about what sinful, broken people think about us and what sinful, broken people can do to us. And we care far too little about what a holy God who made us in his image loves us and thinks about us. Most of the time, people that you think care don't. You might think, well, I'm just going to do this so they'll value my opinion. Well, don't worry about that. They're never going to value you anyway. But there's a God who's placed infinite worth on you. Think about it. He cares about the little sparrow when it trips and falls to the ground. Surely he cares for you. He sent his very son Jesus to die for you. That's how much he values you, that he would trade his very own son for you. That's why Jesus came and lived the life that we could not live, died the death that we deserve, and rose again the third day. And if we'll trust, place our faith and trust in him, he will change us forever, all because that, that's why God did it, because he values us. So fear God. Constant awareness of the entirety of your life is laid before him. So how do you grow in the fear of the Lord? You take God's holiness as serious as God does. And then the second way is you take your own holiness as serious as God does. Remember God said to uh, be holy as I am holy. That covers both the bases on that. All right. The third way that we grow in in unashamedly following Christ is this. Make sure that you confess Christ with bold reliance on his spirit. Um, Jesus pointed words when you confess uh, what you confess about Christ will determine what Jesus confesses about you. So Romans 10, 9 tells us exactly what to confess. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. By the way, we went around my, my small group in my youth group in the, in the student ministry and we went around and we actually said Jesus is Lord to the person. You know, we don't use that confession often enough and we need to. So when somebody says, what do you believe? You don't need to go down a list of a bunch of stuff. Just say, I believe Jesus is Lord. And that's going to stop the conversation or hopefully start a conversation about what that means to be a follower of Christ. So what happens is Jesus establishes this contrast. They didn't accept Jesus, the Pharisees, that is, didn't accept Jesus as Messiah. So what he's, he's going to do is he's not going to acknowledge the Pharisees and others like them who reject Jesus as Messiah. 
And so they turn on him and they, you know, run him down. They had run him down and they said that he was doing his works by the work of the, by the work of the devil. And Jesus turns to them and says, well, when you, when you do that, you're, you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. These are people who harden their hearts toward Jesus and continue rejection. That's what happens. And most people, you know, they think they've committed the, whole, the, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Most people are not that I know. I don't know anybody that has, has committed this sin. Uh, as people that have come to me in counseling have said that, but they haven't. Because there's always an opportunity. If God, if you think that you have committed blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, that means the Holy Spirit is convicting you, and that means if the Holy Spirit is convicting you, you have not committed the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. All right? So, Jesus knows we're human, and there are times that we might shrink back into your faith. And we talked about Peter a little bit, that he was that kind of person. The Pharisees are people who are examples who blaspheme the Holy Spirit. They're full of the Holy Spirit. The one who was full of the Holy Spirit was right before them. Now you can read Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. But they rejected him. They blasphemed. They accused Jesus of being the devil. The disciples, as they lived unashamed, standing firm in the confession of Jesus, would experience the power of the Spirit. And boy, did they. Acts chapter 4 talks about that. Uh, how when they what, what happened when they were filled with the Holy Spirit of God. They, they stood boldly for him. They boldly preach the word of God. So when the tough times come, the hostility and the ridicule, the scorn, it might be hard to live unashamed, but when you do, the Spirit of God will be there and he will empower you according to Luke chapter 12 and he will be the one who teaches you what to say because the heat is coming. Pastor Tommy, first bullet, the last, we go to these last three bullet points. The heat is coming. Moments are coming that you're going to have to defend your faith and convictions. Um, so when that time comes, you need to, you know, people say, why do you believe the Bible? Why do you, why do you care about uh, the unborn? Why do you stand for traditional marriage? Why are you so closed-minded? Why don't you just loosen up and, and, you know, go party with us? Heat is coming. And in those moments, you're going to be able to be led by the Spirit to speak truth. Right? I hope it's not to cower in fear of people. Second bullet point is this. You need to get ready for the heat because hypocrisy and fear is not the way. So get ready because if you're not ready, then hypocrisy and fear are going to be the ways that you respond. Be ready to live for Christ. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. What did they do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to prayer. They met together. You need to be doing that too. That's how you prepare yourself. So prepare by walking in faith now. Growing in faith now so when the heat comes, you're going to be experienced the power of spirit. Number two, it's, it reminds us that Jesus is calling us all to live a spiritual, in a life of spiritual battle. We're in the battle. And by the way, we win the victory. We're going to be opposed. And we're going to be tempted to fear people. But live for Jesus. Okay, and then finally, confess your fear of people. Confess your fear of people. Confess your hypocrisy. Ask God to help you live unashamedly for him. All right, let's jump right into the questions. We're in Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. We're talking about being unashamed. Now, you might want to use one of these questions at the beginning to start the conversation. If your people are already good listeners, then they're good talkers. You don't have to worry about that. And like I said, you, as Jonathan said, Jonathan, Dr. Jonathan Watson, you might want to also use this opportunity to Talk about the context that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, it's under point two. If you want to go back and look at that, and it says that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, 
and that uh, and, and on his way to Jerusalem, uh, actually it's point one, uh, the opposition builds in Jesus' words to the religious and Pharisaic leaders was getting more and more pointed. So you might want to talk a little bit about that and what was going on. Anyway, those would be some good things to talk about. But uh, number three would be a good one. What does it mean to fear people and why do we have a tendency to fear people? All right, let's go into the observation. And by the way, this is where you just want to spend most of your time, whether it's 20 minutes or 30 minutes. But anyway, you want to spend most of your time here. First of all, we talk about hypocrisy. What is hypocrisy? Well, we already defined that, but it's putting on an act. It's living one way on the outside, godly, but on the inside, we are godless. Now, why does Jesus compare the hypocrisy of the Pharisees um, to leaven? Well, what, what leaven is is yeast, and the purpose of yeast is to infiltrate the entire bread so that it rises. And uh, that's exactly what we do when we allow sin inside of our lives. It doesn't just, sin is not particular. It doesn't just take over a part of our life. It takes over all of our life. And so that's why they said, beware the, the leaven or the yeast of the Pharisees. So how did the Pharisees and scribes exhibit hypocrisy? Well, go back to Luke chapter 11, and it will give you a full rundown of verses 37 to 54 about what they were doing when Jesus told them very clearly. Uh, number two, how do we tend to demonstrate hypocrisy in our own lives? Well, we say one thing, we do another, don't we? We will, we will act one way. We try to hide things. We'll do things we don't want anybody to know. Um, we, we, we fake it. We try to fake being a Christian in front of people. I mean, there's all kinds of ways. So why is hypocrisy so dangerous? Because same way, it becomes easier and easier to fake it, right? Um, and so the more we fake it, then the worse our lives become. It's very dangerous. All right, let's read Luke 12, 2 through 3. The Bible says in 2 and 3, There is nothing covered that won't be uncovered, nothing hidden that won't be made known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and whatever you have whispered in an ear in private rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. So, by the way, have your people pull out their Bibles. I know the Scripture is right there for them to read, but I would recommend everybody have their Bibles, and it's good to have different translations so you can kind of get a different feel, a different take on what it's saying. Anyway, uh, do all that to help you um, read the Word of God in context. All right? Uh, why do these verses teach us about what do these verses teach us about secret sin? Well, secret sin is not secret at all. One day it is going to be known by everyone. And what Pastor Tommy says, as much as you fake it, you can't hide what's going on inside of you. Um, it's going to be revealed. People know what's going on behind the scenes. So why do we hide our sin? Well, we want we we hide our sin because um, we want people to think better of us, right? We want people to you know, think that we're not, we're not that bad person that, that, uh, that we know we are. And we're living like on, how we live on the outside is, does not match what's going on, on the inside as we talked about hypocrisy. Um, what's dangerous about hiding our sin? Well, the, like we already said that. The longer you hide it, the easier it is to hide. And the more you think you're faking is going to make, make it work. In reality, it's not working at all. Why are we hesitant to confess our sin? Well, I can't tell you exactly why, but I can tell you that God asks us to confess our sin. That means agree with him. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I think it's a pride issue. I, may, I think maybe we don't want, I think it's an embarrassment issue. I mean, I've really had some people say, well, I don't want God to know that I've sinned. Well, God does know, by the way. It's just agreeing with God that you've already sinned. Uh, Luke 12, 4 through 5. I say to you, my friends, don't fear those who kill the body. And after that, do nothing more. 
But I will show you the one to fear. Fear him who has authority to throw people into hell after death. Yes, I say to you, um, this is the one to fear. Why would the disciples fear those who kill the body? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. Um, you know, they feared them because they could kill them. And so what, what Jesus tells them is, hey, you don't need to fear those people because they don't even care about you. Um, you fear God who can not just kill the body, but throw you into hell for all eternity. God's the only one that has the authority to do that, right? What is Jesus' point? And that's what we just said. So what is, Jesus, why is, what is Jesus teaching about fearing man versus fearing God? Well, people might kill you, but people don't have the final word over your life. That's what he's teaching you. Fear the one who has the final word. He's the one that matters. Uh, number five, read uh, Luke 12, verses 6 through 7. So let's do that. Aren't five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet one of them is forgotten in God's sight. Indeed, the hairs of your head are all counted. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than the sparrows. Why does Jesus talk about our value in God's eyes at this point in, in, in his teaching? Well, I think because, you know, people don't value you. He's saying, but I value the sparrows and I place you above the sparrows. And the proof is that I sent my only son, Jesus, to die for you. That's how much I value you. That you matter to me. So don't think that you don't have to uh, that you that you don't have to follow me. Uh, excuse me. That you have to fear. Uh, how do I say this? Don't think that that I don't value you because I value you greatly. I value the little sparrows. Certainly, I value you. I didn't send my only son Jesus to die for the sparrows. I sent my son Jesus to die for you. Right? Okay. Um, what is so? so um, that's what value is about. How should, how should knowing our value before God help us to fear God instead of fearing man? Well, if, if, we, if God values us that much, when the people that we're trying to impress probably don't value us at all, huh, you know, why wouldn't you want God to know who you are and fear that you would fear God? All right? All right, Luke 12, 8 through 9. And I say to you, anyone who acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge him before the angels of God. But whoever denies me before others will be denied before the angels of God. So what's happening here? Remember we talked about the Pharisees. What, what are they doing? They're denying Jesus. They said that they believed in the prophets, yet they're not believing in the one who the prophets talked about, the one who is full of the Holy Spirit now. They, you know, they are not believing in him. As a matter of fact, they're attributing the works of Satan to him. We're going to talk about that in just a second. So what are the so as as followers of Jesus, we need to confess what Jesus confesses. Remember what Romans 10 9, 10, 9 says? If we confess Jesus is Lord, maybe you need to go around your class and say, Jesus is Lord. Have everybody say, it. you know, we don't have to we don't have to come up with the you know 79 points of what we believe, but you can say, I believe Jesus is Lord. And by the way, that was opposite to what was going on in that time period, which was very similar in that uh, they had to say Caesar is Lord. And if they wouldn't say Caesar is Lord, then they were, they were punished to many times would lose their lives over it. So it's very important that they, that they understood that Jesus is Lord, not Caesar. Um, so how do we continually confess Jesus as Messiah? It's the way that we talk, the way we live, the way we act, the way we respond, 
what we do matters. What we do matters. Um, let's read uh, verses, verse 10, excuse me. The Bible goes on to say, Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Now, what is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? That's people who harden their hearts toward Jesus in continuing or continued rejection. That's the people that commit blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. How can you avoid blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Well, you keep yourself open to God. You listen to God. You do what God tells you to do. You don't reject the Holy Spirit. You don't attribute the work of God to, to Satan. Um, you, you, you know, don't harden your heart towards him. Uh, I think I talked, uh, maybe I didn't this time, but anyway, about this idea of sending your, your day of grace away. You know, there does come a point when God says, you know, it's over. I'm not going to call you anymore. Billy Graham said it. He may not come this way again. You don't know that God is going to call. You know, you can't continue to reject Jesus over and over again. And your people in your Life Connection group that have never come to Christ, they cannot continue to reject Jesus and think that they can come whenever they want because that's not true. All right, let's read uh, verses 11 and 12. Uh, Whenever they bring you before synagogues and rulers and authorities, don't worry about how you should defend yourselves or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that very hour what must be said. Now, in moments when we must defend our faith and convictions, how does the Holy Spirit teach us what to say? Well, he teaches us by us allowing him to speak through us and live in us and fill us and become the people of God that he wants us to be. The Holy Spirit um, will, when that time comes, will be very open. Remember the disciples did that in Acts chapter 4. When, you know, they said, uh, uh, they said, you know, you can't speak anymore in the name of Jesus. And they said, well, let me tell you something. Uh, You can tell me not to do that, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because I must obey God rather than man. They knew exactly what they had to say to these Pharisees. And so it's very similar. Um, Jesus prepares disciples for what to come is, is to come, and that's the st- hostility. And although it might be hard to live unashamed, if you do, you can know that those moments when people are hostile towards you because of your faith, the Spirit of God is going to empower you, and He's going to teach you what to say. So be ready. All right, now uh, the two things you need to do, interpret, like I said, write down phrases, write down words, get the idea in a a short paragraph, uh, 15, 20 words, say what this whole thing is about, all right? Obviously, it's going to be about unashamed. It's going to be about standing for Jesus. It's going to be about allowing the Spirit to speak through you when when the hard times come. All those things are important to what we're talking about. And then, of course, the theological reflection, uh, that's always about Jesus and where we put the gospel in. That's kind of the idea. And so that I always used uh, in this particular thing, uh, this particular teaching, I used the idea of value, how much God values you. Um, you can also do it at the end if you would like, but that's where you bring the gospel in. All right, let's apply it. Um, how can you keep yourself from hypocrisy? Well, obviously you don't hide stuff. You bring it out in the open. By the way, that's what Life Connection Groups are about, and this is a great opportunity for you to plug in for this idea of accountability where we come together and we encourage each other when we're struggling. You know, you don't need to constantly air your dirty laundry, but if you're struggling with something and you want people to help you, then this is a good place and let them know that that's exactly what it is. All right, what sins are you trying to keep secret? Well, they can only tell that, you know, it might be they, they don't want people to know that they're bitter or they're angry or 
that they are um, hate someone or that that uh, you know maybe that they've been lusting or whatever it is. Um, there's other things that are going on. See, secret sins. Um, you're only as sick as your secrets. It's good to let them out. So what's keeping you from confessing those sins to God and brothers and sisters in Christ who care about your soul? I'm sure it's your pride. You don't want you don't want people to think that you're a different kind of person. You know, all those kind of things come up. Maybe you want people to think you're more spiritual than you are. Maybe you want people to put you on a pedestal. I don't know. But uh, maybe some of those things can come up. Number three, how can you grow in the fear of God this week? All right. So how do you do that? Um, maybe they, you'd say, hey, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm living the way that I say I'm living, that I'm living out what Jesus wants me to live. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to not fake my life. I'm going to really be who Jesus is calling me to be. I'm not going to be a faker. I'm going to be the real thing. I'm going to confess my sin before Jesus, and I'm going to get it right with him. Uh, how do you fear people less? You don't put value on what they think. You value the one who values you greatly, and that's Jesus Christ. And that's also about holiness. Uh, we talked about we need to take God's holiness as serious as God does, and we need to take our holiness as serious as God does. Be holy as I am holy. And number four, what will you do this week to grow in your dependency on the Holy Spirit? Maybe it is I'll be more involved in fruit of the Spirit, or maybe it is I will, you know, whatever it is, uh, I, will, I will get rid of my secret sin. I will have an accountability partner that's going to help me through. There are all kinds of things that we can do so that we will be unashamed when the time comes. We stand before Jesus and the heat comes, we're ready to stand strong for him. And that we won't be a shrinking violet, but we'll be a, a strong oak that stands proudly uh, for Jesus everywhere we go. All right? Well, guys, that's all we have for you. I hope it's been uh, helpful, and we hope that this has uh, helped you in your walk with Christ and also helps you as you study for the Life Connection Group. So um, make sure that uh, you let your people know that you love them and that um, if, if you have a leader that you want to help us uh, work with so that we can get them to teaching and planting another Life Connection Group, then please be on the lookout. From the very beginning of your Life Connection Group, you should have been doing that. And I appreciate all your work and all your help to get that done. All right? Well, let's pray and we will go. Father, thank you so much that we can live unashamed in Jesus Christ. May we live that way every single day. Now, Lord, for him, not in fear of, of him, but in, in, excuse, uh, in fear of him, but not in fear of people. Lord, that we would recognize that it is he that has the authority to cast us into hell. People can't do a thing to us. Maybe they can take our lives, but it doesn't even matter, does it, Lord? So, Father, if there's someone in our group that doesn't know you as Savior and Lord of their lives, may today be the day they surrender. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. See you Sunday.